Sibling rivalries are a theme that have stood the test of time. From Cain and Abel to Jim and John Harbaugh, sibling rivalries have always been present. Welcome to the Encroachment Podcast, where two brothers discuss their thoughts on what is going on in the world of college football. Stay tuned to find out if these two brothers can find something to agree on. So welcome to the Encroachment Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Binkley, avid football fan and journalist at MTSU, and I'm here today with my co-host, Jonah Binkley. Hi. Jonah Binkley is also an avid football fan, and on this episode of the Encroachment Podcast, we are going to be talking about the wide receiver situation in the NFL draft. See, there's a lot to choose from in this draft. You know, you got big-bodied receivers like Drake London, who had an impressive year, last season at USC until he got injured you got Jamison Williams the wide receiver that came out of nowhere this season and really added to production for Alabama this year you know until he tore his ACL last season put up really good production but with the injury late in the season we'll have to wait and see what a receiver like him can do next season but the first receiver I wanted to talk about is Drake London you know, 6'4 receiver from USC, 219 pounds, doesn't have a 40 time, doesn't have a vertical, didn't participate in the NFL Combine, probably due to his injuries that he sustained, which last season he suffered an ankle injury after playing eight games in 2021. London started out as a dual athlete at USC playing both basketball and football. And we all know how that works out in the NFL. I mean, we got Antonio Gates, Jimmy Graham, Tony Gonzalez. Should I go on? A long list of basketball players turned pass catchers that ended up being pretty well in the NFL. Drake London, I mean, outside of his size, which is obviously an advantage in a physical league such as the NFL, he's also a great receiver for zone coverage. He can go up and make contested catches with the best of them. Whenever you need to throw it up in the red zone, count on him to come down with the ball. Now, I was watching some of his highlights recently, and many of times, like it seemed like majority of his highlight tape was in the red zone, in the corner of the end zone, and he was coming down with that catch. Didn't matter what corner you put on him, he was coming down with that catch. And another big part of his game is his ability to turn his body in the air when he makes catches. Oftentimes when he makes that jump, a lot of times he contorts his body in a way to turn around last second and make an impressive catch that you wouldn't even think that he knew was coming towards him by the way he would turn around. I mean, definitely a high IQ football player and will definitely benefit him once he gets into the NFL. However, with his injury, there comes some concerns. An ankle injury is not something that you want from a receiver, especially when you have to count on them making plays in the open field you know you got to cut left to right you got to get in the center once you get the ball what are you going to do with it you're just going to get tackled or you just going to fight for some extra yards now I mean his big his big body and his size will help him be able to get more physical break more tackles than usual but is he going to have the ability to make cuts on his routes that he needs to to be a high caliber receiver in the NFL we'll have to wait and find out um, and that that brings me along to some of his weaknesses that he has. He He's not the best route runner. So the ankle injury, he's going to have to pick up some ground coming into this next season and really going to have to focus on his route running. And I know it's harder for these big receivers to, you know, 
get side to side movement to find a way to get open rather than just trying to moss someone in the corner of the end zone, which he's spectacular at, but you're going to need a little bit more complete of a game if you're going to want to compete in the NFL. He also doesn't have the most blazing speed. You know, he, he's got a decent amount of football speed, but NFL, these cornerbacks out there, a lot of them are running four threes, four fours. He's going to have to do an extra job to find ways to get yards after catch once he gets the ball, which we'll still have, still have to see how the ankle injury goes, but I think that he's a great receiver, or at least he was last season. And in eight games, the amount of stats that he put up, I mean, he had 88 receptions, 1,084 yards receiving, and seven touchdowns, and that's only in eight games. And like I said, if you turn on the highlight tape, we're talking about a specimen, some guy that can go up and get the ball when you need him to. He honestly reminds me a lot of Brandon Marshall, the way that he can just control the red zone. And like I said, not the best speed, not the best lateral quickness, but he makes up for it with his ability to catch and his IQ. When he needs to get open, he will. So what are your thoughts on Drake London coming into this NFL draft? Do you think he's going to be a good receiver? Do you think he'll be the first one taken off the board? Um, I don't know. First one off the board, uh, it's always a possibility. I don't know. you got to look at what teams, of course, are going to be up first and deciding because you, you need a quarterback that's going to be able to pair him with, like you said, the Brandon Marshall, like height, uh, big, big body, someone who's just going to go up and catch it. I don't know. You're going to need a quarterback that's going to be able to be more accurate, of course, because you're going to need someone who can just kind of throw it. But, of course, not throw it where uh, corners can be able to get it. They, you need a quarterback who's going to be smart, also like him, and you're going to need someone that can make sure they know how to place uh, the ball with that type of receiver. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I think he's going to have a pretty good career, it seems like. I mean, you don't see as many wide receivers that are like that as much now. So I think when corners and defenses are going to be preparing for someone like that, they're going to be a little bit more thrown off guard because it seems like the NFL is more about speed right now. So when you got someone that's going to be throwing them off and is going to be just jumping up and catching them, it doesn't matter about their speed. I mean, I think that's going to throw some defenses off, and it's going to be something that uh, people are going to put a little bit extra uh, preparation time in. I like your comment about the speed because it does seem that the NFL is heading towards that direction. I mean, we see Tyreek Hill dominating for it seems like the past five or six years now and he's not a receiver that has much size to him you know big body muscular guy but only 5'10 and I feel like that's a stretch when it comes to Tyreek Hill but I mean not even just Tyreek Hill I mean there's a lot of other receivers out there that are not as big as they used to be I mean it seems like gone are the days where you have your your Brandon Marshalls your Calvin Johnsons your Julio Joneses you know your big six three six four receivers that will go in and just fight for the football not as common as it used to be but that doesn't take away from the fact that he could still be successful based on like previous history and the people that I just mentioned you never know how he'll pan out but I mean as far as teams go I mean it's hard to it's hard to figure out what would be the perfect fit for him and his play style considering that like we said there's not nearly as much big receivers as there used to be but i mean you got to think with a team like the packers he probably won't fall to the packers but if you were in green bay's front office you would have to give this guy a look especially if aaron rodgers returning and you know how he loves to launch the deep ball i mean 
we've seen it time and time again. Game comes down the line. Aaron Rodgers just heaves a 60-yard bomb to the end zone to win the game. I mean, it's happened. And someone like Drake London is going to come down with that ball when you need him to. So at the very least, you can have a playmaker that is going to get the touchdown when you need him to. Maybe not. He may not be a number one receiver, may not be an all-pro receiver, but I think when the game's on the line and you need to get a ball to someone that you know is going to catch it and you know is going to come down on it with one of those 50-50 balls, I think Drake London's your guy for sure. And I'm in love with the kid. I'm a big fan of size when it comes to receivers. You know, I grew up watching Calvin Johnson. I, I got to see the tail end of Randy Moss, like a lot of big receivers, and that was fun time, and I honestly miss it. I miss the big players, and maybe Drake London will be the one to break the mold that the current NFL wide receivers have and can really show out, but I guess we'll have to wait and see, but I think the Packers could be a good fit for him as well, and another team like the Saints could really benefit from another receiver too. You know, Michael Thomas's injury history, the only other really good receiver they have is Marquez Callaway and we don't even know if he could even be a number one receiver at this point I mean there's not been enough time to show so I mean to add another receiver into that into that core could be really beneficial to the Saints so I mean keep an eye out for Drake London as the NFL draft comes by because I think that he doesn't get the talk that he deserves when it comes to being one of the best receivers in this draft but another big-time receiver coming into the draft, and this guy, this guy right here, arguably the most complete receiver in the entire draft. And yes, of course, I'm talking about Garrett Wilson from Ohio State. The six foot, 183-pound receiver ran a 4.3840 and had a 36-inch vertical. We're talking about NBA numbers here, and he reminds me a lot of Deshaun Jackson which is, if I was a receiver coming up, that was that's definitely the comparison I would want to be made with me. I mean, some of his strengths are, you know, he's a good route runner. He has a knack for getting open. This man, although he's not the tallest in the world, like Drake London, he knows how to turn his body in a way to make a catch, and he's had a lot of contested catch, especially in the red zone for Ohio State. And that's not all that he's limited to either. We're talking about phenomenal speed, world-class speed from the receiver position, which you got to think with the Kansas City Chiefs losing Tyreek Hill could be a pretty solid fit and who knows, could arguably be better than Tyreek Hill. We just have to wait and see, but the Chiefs, that's a little bit late down the draft board. Don't know if they would be able to get him, but I mean, we're talking about a receiver that is absolutely dangerous in the open field as well. I mean, we're talking about a great route runner, a great catcher, and someone that is going to fight for extra yards. I mean, he's got the stick ability of just insert any receiver that you want. I mean, he's he's got the shiftiness to stretch the ball down the field. He can turn a 7-yard pass into a 20-yard pass in the blink of an eye. We're talking about a world-class athlete here that NFL teams got to be foaming out the mouth when they see this guy's highlight reel. And what makes it even more impressive is that his teammate, Chris Olave, who we're about to get into, is also on the team, and he's arguably one of the best receivers, too. So, who knows? Maybe with maybe with Garrett Wilson this season, we could see the, the college tandems of receivers that we've seen in years past 
come to the NFL and dominate at their respective level, like Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson. Maybe they could be similar to how Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase were, or A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf. I mean, it's pretty crazy nowadays how these college teams are able to get such dynamic duos out of their receivers. And, I mean, Garrett Wilson, I mean, I think he's going to be a good receiver, and I think he's got the highest upside of any receiver in this draft. Although he isn't my favorite because, like I said, I'm a sucker for the big receivers. I would be stupid to say that Garrett Wilson is not the most complete receiver in this draft and is definitely someone that if you need a wide receiver on your team, like if you're the Colts, the Saints, the Packers, you got to be looking out for this guy. But he's going to be gone quick, so going to have to either trade up if you're one of those teams or or a team with a higher draft pick can get him, like maybe maybe the football team, you know, because Terry McLaurin, he needs some help out there. You can't just have him on an island by himself, especially with, you know, I mean, they got to upgrade with Carson Wentz, but Carson Wentz decision-making makes you a little nervous, or it should be if you're a Washington football, or not a football fan. See, <laughs> getting used to the times of the changes in the world, I mean the commanders, but I mean, we're talking about a great solid receiver. What What are your thoughts on Garrett Wilson? Uh, I mean, I like what you said. Uh, Garrett Wilson probably is going to be uh, the most complete receiver. He's someone I'm expecting uh, more than uh, someone like Jake London to go first because, like we were talking about earlier, speed's a huge thing. I mean, we saw that. I mean, Jalen Waddle got taken over the Heisman. I mean, why? Because he's already a complete receiver, and he has that speed dynamic too. I mean, so... I mean, some teams are just going to want speed, so I have a feeling that Garrett Wilson probably is someone that's going to be taken more in. What you said about Deshaun Jackson, I mean, that's a really good comparison. I think that's uh, someone who is uh, really comparable to Garrett Wilson, and I'm excited because we know how Deshaun Jackson is. We know those explosive plays where he'll just break off for an insane amount of uh, co- like the coverage. He'll bust every coverage, and he'll just break down all the way down the field. And if you have a quarterback with a good arm, I mean, you can make Garrett Wilson, or of course, you know, like someone like Deshaun Jackson, you're gonna make them uh, just crazy. You know, I think Garrett Wilson's gonna have that uh, explosive speed like Deshaun Jackson. It's gonna be exciting. I think he's someone I'm excited for um, more than a lot of some of these receivers. And it would never happen, but imagine him in an offense like the 49ers where you got Debo Samuel lined across the field too, and you're talking about two explosive receivers. If you could put him in a situation like that, you're talking about a high-powered dominant offense that's going to be pretty hard to stop. And it would kind of be like the philosophy the Chiefs have been running, like the more speed the better. And like I said, I think he would be a great fit for the Chiefs. Are the Chiefs going to get him? I highly doubt it. But a great receiver and could possibly be – I don't know. I mean, he could possibly... He's one of the people that you have to watch out for Offensive Rookie of the Year, for sure. And especially with the recent success in Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. I mean, receivers are on the rise, and we got plenty in this draft. And the only downside I would have to say about Garrett Wilson is... I I mean, it's really hard to find one. I mean, I guess you just have to mention his, his height. And, I mean... He only weighs 183, but I don't think that's the biggest issue. He's not a skinny guy. He could put on a few extra pounds, and that would probably help him. Maybe get up to, like, 190 or something. But, I mean, it is hard to find a single issue with this character. I mean, great receiver all around. And speaking of his teammates, Chris Olave. Chris Olave. A guy that seems like he's been playing at Ohio State for a while. Been putting up a lot of production, a lot of good numbers. I mean, 
over his career at Ohio State, he has 35 touchdown receptions, 2,700 yards receiving, and last year he had 936 yards receiving at 13 touchdowns. And when you hear those numbers, I mean, that's some of the best numbers that's ever came out of Ohio State. The same college that had Michael Thomas, had Ted Ginn Jr., had some pretty good wide receivers in the past and been a really good team to draft from, you know, over the past few years. They're up there with Alabama and Clemson for one of the best schools for draft production. So Chris Olave is a guy that you need to look out for. But like Garrett Wilson, only six foot tall, has four extra pounds on him, weighing 187, so a little bit thicker, but he also wows you with his speed as well. 4.39, definitely going to go a long way in the NFL. I mean, he is one of the best route runners in this draft, if not the best route runner, and we've seen the importance of that more recently over and over again. I mean, look at Julian Edelman. Take him, for example. Not the most athletic guy by long shot. Shouldn't have even had the opportunity that he had in the NFL, but his ability to capitalize off a of route running separated him from a lot of other receivers in the NFL, and Chris Olave's definitely got that skill, and I would go as far to say that he has way better athleticism than Julie Edelman, so, I mean, you can put this guy at slot, you could put him on the outside, because, I mean, he's down, he's good deep, too, I mean, we're talking about a receiver, not very tall, but can make contested catches like no other, the way that he plays, it almost seems like he's six foot five. He plays with that, and that's how big his heart is, and he's definitely a receiver that you got to watch out for. So we mentioned Garrett Wilson. We're talking about Chris Olave now. How do you feel about Chris Olave going into this NFL draft? I mean, I like him. Uh, she, I mean, good for uh, Ohio State getting uh, two receivers that are a lot alike. I mean, they're similar in uh, body and, uh, like you know, of course, like height and weight, um, similar speed. I don't know. I mean, I just think that he's going to be really good, too. I think Ohio State really just produce uh, probably two of the wide receivers I'm expecting the most out of, I would say. Like, one or two of some of the most I'm expecting out of the draft. I mean, I'm expecting a lot out of them. And, uh, of course, I know we keep talking about if a team like uh, Kansas City could get him or Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I could only imagine what their career would be like. I mean, even if they only spent a few years with them, I mean, they'd be putting up some good stats because that's what these type of receivers need. They need someone who is going to know when they're going to break off that route running because they just know the, how they are with that route running. And that speed, when they start breaking off from everyone and they're getting past the safeties, you need a quarterback that's going to be able to just launch it over everyone's head and get it perfectly right in their hands. So... I don't know. I what I'm expecting from these wide receivers, if if a good team gets them with a quarterback with a good arm, I'm expecting some of the most out of them than we've seen uh, from most wide receivers in this draft. I don't know though. I think it's really just going to depend on the team that gets them because you never know. I mean, a team, if a team gets them that doesn't got a good quarterback and they're just going for the person that seems like the best and. I don't know. I could see that these careers would not go as well as you would imagine, even though they have all this uh, prospect behind them. But uh, like I said, good quarterback, a good team around them. I expect these two to be good NFL wide receivers for years to come. And with Chris Olave, a team that I would absolutely love to see him play for would be the Arizona Cardinals. You know, they already got DeAndre Hopkins, which, I mean, do I need to say any more? <laughs> 
Then we got AJ Green, you know, aging but still productive, and you got speedster Rondell Moore out there. I mean, they got rid of Christian Kirk too, so they're gonna need a little bit more help from the receiver department and I think Chris Olave could fit in there perfectly and with Kyler Murray's ability to stretch the ball downfield and deep I mean you have that many threats at receiver it's going to be causing chaos and going to be going to be given nightmares to these defensive coordinators at the plan around it too and you got to think of a team like the Eagles as well you know they have Devontae Smith Heisman Trophy winner you know came in there did well decently well I mean Eagles who knows if they're going to be set on Jalen Hurts as the future goes on, but it sure would help if they had a receiver like Chris Olave, and I think that would be another fun team to see him play for. But next receiver that we have to talk about, if you have Ohio State fatigue, then you might want to tune out now because now we're talking about Ohio State transfer. Went to Alabama, Jamison Williams. Now probably the most talked about receiver in terms of college football, maybe not necessarily as a draft prospect, but this last season, we're talking about one of the best receivers in the entire world of college football. I mean, didn't have much production at Ohio State, only had three receiving touchdowns, and only had, he had less than 20 20 receptions at Ohio State. Wasn't getting the playing time that he hoped entered the transfer portal, went to Alabama, and became an absolute superstar and played a big key factor in Bryce Young's success this year and definitely helped him win the Heisman. I mean, we're talking about another electric player that is fantastic run after catch, like amazing at that. Uh, I mean, he knows how to cut through the middle of field when necessary, and he's going to come down to the football. I mean, great lateral quickness, great speed. He's good. I mean, good luck catching up to him in the open field because, uh, I mean, we're talking about a world-class athlete here. And he's and he's one of those high-motor cats, too, that you would love to have in your team. He's not afraid to go on special teams. I was watching some of his highlights the other day, and I saw him have this fantastic tackle. I don't know why Alabama put him on special teams, first of all, but I can't question Nick Saban. But he had a fantastic tackle playing on the punt team. And we're talking about a guy that can return kicks as well. I mean, even if you aren't set him as as a wide receiver, I mean, it seems like you got the jack of all trades here where you can really do a lot with Jamison Williams. Now, the one concern I would have with him is the fact that he torn his ACL. We don't know if that lateral quickness would go out, out of the window, but, I mean, we've seen how players like Adrian Peterson recovered after his torn ACL. I mean, he came back one MVP off of, off a of knee injury. So, I mean, with modern surgery nowadays, I wouldn't stress about it too much, but the last thing you would want is for him to be like Saquon Barkley struggling to be healthy and that need just continuing to nag at him and bother him. But I think with the long rest period, you know, he's got this entire off season to prepare. I think that it's worth taking a risk on him in the draft, even if he has a knee concern. I'd say he's worth it. Maybe he can fall down later in the draft. I mean, I know he's a lot of people's wide receivers, number one, but who knows how these scouts will look when it comes to injuries and stuff like that. Are you concerned with Jamison Williams' injuries, and how do you think that he will perform in the NFL? Well, I think uh, I think I'm think i a little concerned about his injuries. I mean, that's always should be a concern because, I mean, that's 
it's not always a physical thing. Sometimes it's a mental thing. So, I mean, it's not, it's, it's always iffy on what could happen if an injury. One of the only other concerns I have is who his quarterback was. And that was Bryce Young. I mean, Bryce Young's someone that's clearly going to be putting up. He's going to be putting up some numbers in the NFL. I mean, I feel like to say the least. You just see how good he did at Alabama. I mean, you never know if a wide receiver is being carried. I mean, of course, having as many yards as he did in a season, 1,515 touchdowns, that's a lot. So, I mean, of course, clearly Bryce Young likes him. So, maybe if you can get a quarterback at least like Bryce Young, plays like him, then... Yeah, I mean, he might start putting up the similar stats that he was in college. You never know. But, I mean, uh, that is, my only concern is his injury and who his quarterback was. Because you never know. Sometimes these quarterbacks can elevate players to higher standards than you would ever expect. Because that's just what NFL talent quarterbacks do. But, um, for the most part, I am pretty excited for him. I'm excited for him to come back from the injury and... uh do something, really do something. I think that he'll probably get through it. I mean, if he was able to get through not doing good at Ohio State and had the confidence in himself to go to Alabama and say, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna start and I'm going to do better than everyone, and that's what he did. So clearly his mental factor is there. Let's just hope that physically after the injury, everything will be fine. I don't think the mental factor will be a big issue, and so I am really excited to see him play. You know, I agree with you. I don't think that his, his mentality is going to be in question at all. I mean, Watching his tape, this dude has a lot of heart, and I don't think that this is going to be any kind of hurdle that he needs to get over in terms of mentality because I think this dude just doesn't think like that. I think that he thinks that he's the best, and he's going to prove the world that he's the best. And, yeah, he did have a great quarterback in Bryce Young, and Bryce Young, generational talent. I mean, I think he was the highest-rated not only quarterback but highest-rated recruit that Alabama's ever signed, and, I mean, he just won a Heisman, so... You know he's a great player. But, I mean, there's been a lot of success from these Alabama receivers as of late. Like Jalen Waddell, as you mentioned earlier. Devontae Smith's been playing well. You know, I mean, Mari Cooper. I mean, there's been quite a bit of Alabama receivers that, that have came into the league and just performed well. And I think it would be really exciting to see him on the Falcons. I mean, since he's a great returner and, you know, you could plug him in on special teams if you need to, how fun would it be? to see him play alongside someone like Cordell Patterson. Well, I mean, clearly, uh, Tennessee, we love Cordell Patterson, of course. Um, I mean, that would be awesome because, I mean, when you have people that can are just athletes, really that's what they are. They aren't just defined the one position. They are just true athletes at, at the very core of the definition. So, yeah, actually, if a team like Atlanta could get them, especially if Kyle Pitts also very athletic tight end, the athleticism that their team would have. I mean, especially if Calvin Ridley doesn't get in too much trouble. We don't know everything about that situation as gambling. But if, let's say, Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts, and we have Jameson Williams of Cordell Patterson, that would be scary. And maybe Marcus Mariota, since he just got, he just got uh, uh, picked up in free agency there, I don't know. I mean, I would even be, I'm still uh, wondering if Marcus Mariota would still be pretty good. He still might be really good. So if they had all those people, oh, that offense would be elevated to a whole new level, and that would be something I'd be really interested in. Yeah, and if they somehow managed to get him, if I was a Falcons, I would just switch completely to a hurry-up offense. I mean, you got uh, one of the most athletic quarterbacks that's ever came in the NFL, and Mark or Marcus Mariota. I mean, we're talking about a dude that has a receiving touchdown off a pass that he threw, 
I mean, and then add Cordell Patterson, who literally is like, you know, when you're playing NCAA 14 and you're going on your recruiting board and you're trying to add some people and you go over to that athlete section and it says they got a 70 throwing power, they got 99 speed, they got, they can play corner, they can play receiver. I mean, one of those world-class athletes that you found in NCAA, that's Cordell Patterson. And you add Jamison Williams to that. You're talking about a pretty crazy fun team to watch, and maybe Atlanta could fix their woes and start to pick it up next year. But a guy that I'm really excited about, a guy that I don't think gets enough hype as he deserves, Jahan Dotson from Penn State. Only 5'11", 178. I know you hear that, and you're thinking, well, this dude's going to get broken into two if he runs a slant down the middle and you got someone like Ray Lewis down there. I mean, that's just not going to be a fun time. But I think Johan Dotson has the best hands in the entire NFL draft. And I know that doesn't mean everything. I mean, of course, a wide receiver, the first thing that comes to mind is catching. But you got to get open, too. But his hands are second to none. And we're talking about a guy that plays a lot bigger than his height shows. Only 5'11", but we're talking about a guy that can go up and catch it if he needs to. And he's can work well and trick plays, too, if you wanted to build a few offensive packages around him. I mean, watching his highlights, he's thrown some passes in college and has taken some direct snaps, sort of like how Tim Tebow would like back in the day, and just probably won't work in the NFL, but... You know, it's always good to have a few tricks up your sleeves, and I think he's one of those guys that could work well in a situation like that. Um, he also is a phenomenal deep threat. I mean, a guy that just knows how to get open no matter what, and he's going to move the ball down the field once he has it in his hands. I mean, you watch his highlight tape, there's quite a bit of deep passes that he's caught, and he's just got a great ability, and I think that. He is one of the most underrated receivers in the draft. And another thing I would like to say about him, too, is the fact that he's performed so well without a star quarterback. All these people that we've mentioned, Chris Olave, Jamison Williams, people like that. I mean, who is their quarterbacks? Bryce Young, Heisman Trophy winner. Then you, I mean, Ohio State, they had Shrout this year who almost won the Heisman as well. I mean, we're talking about quarterbacks that are probably going to be going in the first round here in a few years, and those were their quarterbacks. But I can't even name Penn State's quarterback off the top of my head, and I know that he had the injury against an Iowa game or whatever, and people talk about whether or not Penn State should have won that game. But the fact that he doesn't have a world-class quarterback and he was able to have the production he has definitely moves him up on my board, in my opinion. And I want to know what you think about Johan Dotson. I'm more excited for him because I think that he's going to fit in well with the NFL for all the speed. I think he is someone that's very fast. And I think once you get a quarterback that's going to be able to just lob up the football, important that they're good at that lob accuracy, I think that's going to be something really nice. I mean, I'm actually really excited for him because I, I like speed. I think speed's really interesting. Is I mean, of course, I like big body receivers, but with more of the speed, I mean, of course, going on in the NFL, I I am a pretty big fan of it. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Jahan Dotson, I'm really excited for him. I mean, just something about him. I like. I kind of like when the shorter, faster guy is able to really do something out there. So I'm really rooting for him, me personally. Yeah, I'll have to agree with you, but uh, another person that I think is very underrated in this draft, and I think a lot of it has to do with him struggling with an injury, 
a nagging injury that caused him to not play until college football playoffs. And, of course, I'm talking about George Pickens. Now, as you know, I love the big receivers, and George Pickens, 6'3", 195, 44740, pretty good, 33-inch vertical. Add that on top of his height. you got a real deep threat there. And speaking of deep threats, one of the absolute best. I mean, he is an absolute threat down the field in coverage. And put on his tape, you're going to see a lot of contested catches in the middle of the field. But he's not only limited to that. I mean, he's got really good speed for his size. And one thing that really stood out on tape to me was his ability to make sideline catches. This guy seems to know where he's at on the field at any given time, which is going to be big in the NFL. When you have those third and six situations where you really need to get that first down and you can't run the football, you could throw an out route to a guy like this and you can expect him to come down with it. As long as your quarterback is competent enough to see him and accurate enough to fit the ball in, he's going to come down with it. And yes, I mean, he did have his injury, you know, had an ACL problem that kept him out for most of the year, but... When he came into the playoffs and was in the national championship, we're talking about big catches. I mean, he really helped Georgia when, you know, you got to think they weren't even thinking that he would even get to play in the playoffs. And he came in and played well for him. And his stats, you look at them, they're not the craziest in the world, but you got to think of the team that he's played for, too. We're talking about a team that gets nothing but five and four star players, like. Every year, we're talking about a top three recruiting class every year. So, of course, George has got a lot of weapons, and you can't always find him. But George Pickens is one of those players that I'm really excited for. And if he can stay healthy, I think that he could be one of the best receivers in this draft, if not the best. But I don't even expect him to go to first round. I think he'll fall to the second or third, and I think whatever team they somehow manage to get him, I think they need to be counting their lucky stars because I think they got themselves a specimen and George Pickens. What do you think about George Pickens? Well, uh, first of all, all I'm going to talk about is him probably. He probably will follow the second round, but I like that because I think that he's really going to make people regret not caring more about his film. And uh, I think there's a reason that he went back and played in that national championship. He wanted to prove people wrong. Because, I mean, if he probably didn't play in that national championship, he probably would have played to his senior year. I mean, he really wanted to prove people wrong. I think he shows that he has a good mentality. This injury did not affect him. Sure, is a setback for his junior year, but that's not going to matter. I mean, that's not going to matter when he's in the NFL making millions. He's going to show people that, hey, I really am that big body receiver that's not just big, but I'm fast too. And I'm pretty, I'm going to just rip the ball out of your hands. I'm going to take it, and I'm just going to do better than you. I'm going to bully the corners. I mean, I just really, I'm, I'm excited for him. I mean, because... Any team that gets him, like you were saying, is way luckier than I think most people are going to expect him to be. And uh, I don't know. I mean, he's going to start turning heads. I know he's going to. It's going to be really interesting. Yeah, and I really like George Pickens, but I will have to say another thing that stood out to me that is a concern for me if I'm an NFL GM or owner is he sometimes has a tendency to jump when he don't need to. I've seen a few plays where it worked out for him. He would jump, you know, Quarterback comes downfield, they're lower in the shoulder trying to make the big hit, and he jumps over him. But it's not even just that. I mean, sometimes a quarterback barely throws it over his head, and he's jumping for no reason. And I feel like if you have a tendency like that, it sets you up for injury. But I think with his ceiling, it almost outweighs those problems. And I'm sure NFL scouts have noticed this, and they will be able to adjust accordingly and to make sure that he doesn't make these problems in the NFL. 
I mean, a little bit off talk topic, you know, NBA, Derrick Rose had a problem that ended up costing him. If you go back and watch some Derrick Rose tape, he'd go up for a layup. He would always land on one leg, which ended up, you know, destroying his knee later on. And you wouldn't want to see anything like that from George Pickens, especially since he's already got ACL issues, similar to how Derrick Rose was. But great receiver. I think he has a great upside. I just think that he needs to be coached up a little higher on some of these things. But I think he will get the job done once he goes to the NFL. But now we're starting to get into the more underrated receiver portion. I want to talk about Wondell Robinson from Kentucky. Very small receiver. Only 5'8", only 178. But I don't think that NFL teams should shy away from that just because of his size. He had a 4'4", 4'4". He had a 34.5-inch vertical, which is pretty impressive and definitely helps him out considering that he doesn't have much size. He reminds me a lot of Rondell Moore, and he's got a little bit of Debo Samuel to him, too, because like some of the other receivers I mentioned, he's got ability to take jet sweeps and get handoffs where he can just really get the ball rolling. I mean, I could see him fitting into any kind of team that needs more playmakers. He's never going to be a wide receiver one, in my opinion, but I don't think he needs to be. I think that he's a player that you need to just plug in there and get a few good plays every game, and I think that you could he could really help benefit an offense but if you're going to force the number one receiver role on him I think you're setting him up for failure but I think he could be a solid slot receiver and one thing that also stood out to me is he went to Nebraska and that's where he played his first two years in college football didn't put up amazing stats had about 400 yards each season you know one touchdown two touchdown his first two years, but he really picked it up for Kentucky and had 1,334 yards receiving, seven touchdowns, and he was absolutely explosive. We're talking about a menace in the middle of the field, and he really, I mean, the fact that he was able to increase his production in a more talented conference, like going from Nebraska to playing in the SEC, that definitely stands out to me, and I would like to think that he would be able to make the adjustment once he comes to the NFL. Wondell Robinson, definitely keep an eye out on him. But another underrated receiver I'd like to talk about is David Bell. And we just spoke about Rondell Moore. David Bell played alongside Rondell Moore back at Purdue and outperformed, outplayed him. Statistically speaking, he outplayed him. And I think a big reason why Rondell Moore made it as far as he did in the NFL. I hate to say it, but it was that game when they beat Ohio State and Rondell Moore just went absolutely crazy. I don't remember his stats exactly, but I think he had like 200 yards receiving, and I think he ran the ball to that game and just beat the number one team. I think they were the number one team in the nation. Really shocked him, and I think that's what got him an NFL job. But David Bell has performed better than him, and they played on the same team. He came into the Big Ten already good as a freshman. I mean, his freshman year stats, he had 1,000 yards receiving, which in the Big Ten, that's pretty impressive. 1,000 yards receiving, seven touchdowns. That is really good from a freshman. And he's also a really good red zone receiver. He can make really good contested catches. I mean, he's not going to burn you with this speed. He only ran a 4.65, which is one of the slowest in the combine. But I don't think that tells all of his story just because you know he's good at run after the catch even while lacking in speed or 40 time but he a problem that I do have with him is he has a tendency to push off defenders 
And that's going to be a problem in the NFL because we all know how crazy the NFL goes with the pass interference calls. And that's going to be something he's really going to have to correct or he's going to be penalized an awful bit and that's going to cost teams some games. But he's not going to be a first round. He's probably not going to be a second round. But I think he's one to look out for there in the mid to late rounds. I think he's a receiver that could really shock some people as long as he works on his push-offs and gets better at his route running. He needs to get better at his route running as well, but, I mean, NFL training, we'll see how that goes for him. What do you think about David Bell? I don't know. David Bell, I worry mostly about his speed, and I don't think speed should be something that you should worry about uh, all the time. I mean, of course, I mean, Clearly, David Bell's not going to be Jerry Rice. But, I mean, look at Jerry Rice. He didn't have the best 40 time. That doesn't always matter. But my issue with him is, is with these bigger body receivers, what he's doing is... It's good while he's in college, but people in the NFL they're gonna be they're gonna be as strong as him. They're gonna be big, and they're already gonna a lot of these people, especially veterans, are already gonna have millions of dollars that already put probably so like Russell Wilson, he puts a million into his body every year. So I can only imagine what defenders are doing when they're constantly hitting people. How much money they're putting into their bodies? I mean, I just worry about that because I think uh, people aren't gonna be. The bullied. I don't think corners are gonna be bullied like that in the NFL. Uh, so I don't know about his. I don't know how good his football, or like his actual football in-game speed is. But his forty time worries me a little, little too much. Maybe I'm just worrying too much. You never know. I mean, he's already not probably someone who's gonna be uh, highly sought after. So I mean, he already's got that um, benefit, you could say, of n- people not expecting uh, a lot from him. Which in uh, some cases can be really good when you shock people. So maybe he'll shock me. I don't know. Me personally, not too excited. Don't care too much. I mean, you know, I wish the best for him, though. All right. Well, I mean, these were all the receivers that I wanted to discuss today. But I'm curious to know, Jonah, who is your favorite receiver out of all the ones I mentioned? Who do you think has the best potential to make it in the NFL? And who's your biggest sleeper pick? I don't know. Jamison Williams probably. The one I, I don't know. See, I, I'm a little. I don't know. I mean, they're in Ohio State. They got some good people. I don't know. But uh, Jameson Williams, I'm pretty excited for. Um, I don't know George Pickens. I'm also really excited for. So I'd say probably between those two are the ones I'm the most excited for, and I'm expecting a, a lot from. Uh, but probably the one I'm most uh, probably slept on the most, of course, is uh, our boy uh, from Tennessee, Valus Jones. I mean. His forty time, I mean, oh, his forty time, four three. That's that catches a lot of people. That catches a lot of people's eyes. So, and if he's gonna fall, uh, of course, you know he's not gonna be highly picked. But when he, if he falls a little bit lower and starts getting people like the Chiefs and Aaron Rodgers looking at him, or even the Super Bowl winners, I mean, you just have Matthew Stafford just even use you just for a few touchdowns in a season. I mean, if you're elevating that team to win another Super Bowl. That's something I'm really, I don't know. That's something I'm really excited for for Vilas Jones. I think one of these teams that are really good that you wouldn't expect uh, are going to pick up someone like him because uh, they're going to want that. They're going to want that speed. That speed's going to be something that uh, people are going to look after, and at least is going to get him um, a little bit higher than most people would expect. But I don't know. What do you think about Vilas Jones? I mean, I think Velas Jones. I mean, yes, his forty time definitely sticks out for sure. I think he's one of those players that might not even get drafted, but I don't think he needs to be. I mean, take his form, take 
other Tennessee wide receivers an example. Jawan Jennings. I don't think he got drafted, or if he did, it was like in the seventh round. Marquez Callaway, I mean, he wasn't wasn't a high pick neither, and both of them performed well. I mean, Tennessee's always done a good job at recruiting receivers, and whether or not they got the full potential out of them, they always get studs, and I think Valus Jones could be a shocking pick later on, depending on what team gets him. I mean, I think he could easily get drafted to the wrong team of the wrong, wrong coaching staff and be out of the league in four or five years, but... If you put him in a situation where they know how to get him the ball and know how to use him, and we're talking about a great returner too. I mean, he was all SEC as a returner this past season, and I mean, that alone is beneficial to a team. So, I mean, if you could snag him in like the seventh round and move him or have him as your kick returner, then I think you got all you needed from him. But could be a really good slot receiver in the NFL. We'll have to wait and see. But my favorite receivers from this draft of course it's got to be Drake London I know there is you know concerns with him but I really love the cat I love his ability to go fight for the football and I think he's someone that corners are not going to win the 50-50 balls with someone like him I think that more often than not he's going to come down with it I think that he could be like a like a Brandon Marshall type guy I don't know if he'll be all pro or we'll look at him like someone like Calvin Johnson because I think that's a big stretch because he's not as complete as a player like him. But I think Drake London has a very high ceiling, and I really want him to do well in the NFL. But I also really like the Ohio State boys, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, and I think those two are interchangeable, honestly. I mean, I don't think you can go wrong with neither. But hands down, my biggest sleeper, or I guess my, my two biggest sleeper picks, would have to be George Pickens because the injury concerns. People aren't really looking at him as much. I believe that he's got really high potential and high ceiling. And I would have to say um, Jawan Dotson. I mean, he's still probably going to go in one of the earlier rounds, but he's not talked about as much as everyone else. And I think hands are really important. I mean, look at DeAndre Hopkins. He's not going to kill you with your speed. He's not going to kill you in a lot of other things. I mean, He's just got those hands, and he knows that he can get it done. I mean, and I think Jawan Dotson's got a really good potential, and I think if you can put him in as a slot receiver on a good team that knows how to run the slot well, then I think that you could have yourself a potentially really good wide receiver number two or possibly wide receiver number one. We'll have to wait and see. But this concludes our coverage of the wide receiver breakdown for the Encroachment Podcast. Um, in, in our future episode, we're going to try to go a little bit more in depth in the NFL draft and stray away a little bit more from the receiver position and talk about who we think the top players are going to be in general. So expect us to talk about Kevon Thibodeau because he's been a very polarizing draft pick. Expect us to talk about my boy who I think going to be the best in the NFL draft, Kyle Hamilton. And we'll talk about some other people too, like Evan Neal from Alabama, a ginormous offensive lineman that I think could be one of your next greats up there with like Trent Williams more recently. So, or stay tuned and we will give you all the coverage that you guys want coming in next next podcast. So, with that being said, Thank you guys for listening to the Encroachment Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Binkley. And I'm your host, Jonah Binkley. And have a good night. See ya.